Like that would be ideal. Oh, and this stupid office chair is the, oh my God, I can't even. If I sit in it, if I, okay, seriously, if I sit in it the way you're supposed to sit in it, this is what happens. Well, Carly, you're in the right mood for tonight's episode. I told Michael, I was like, so um, it seems to be a recurring thing that I call, I and you guys too, call out either the government or the police department or, you know, politicians in general. I was like, so just like keep that in the back of your mind, like when you're going out into the world and like be conscious of like what you're doing, just like keep that in mind. We are constantly calling them. I'm like, tonight is no exception. I'm calling out all the people. Oh, tonight oh. is, tonight they're all, tonight tonight is, it goes all the way to the top. All tonight. the way to the top, man. I'm Coming you. in hot. <laughs> Leave the dog alone because the dog didn't do a damn thing. And now you're trying to feed him your body. Now fluid. shall kill all of your hands. And a dog fish a tampon out of the garbage. It ain't right to bubble you, but you can pretend like you will. A dog. Wow. On the inside, it's on the inside, it's in the inside, top of the tower, top of the tower, at the very top. Everybody sucks. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Straight Up Evil. My name is Jocelyn. I'm the brunette. We've got Katie. She's the redhead. Oh, hello, hello. And we've got Carly. She's the blonde. Hiya. All right. Tonight we are talking about the disappearance of Maitrice Richardson. Listen, if you're having a really bad day, if you were thinking, if you're thinking, okay, I'm heading to the gym. I got this workout that I'm going to do that I don't feel like doing. I'm irritated. This is going to give you the rageful motivation to, to achieve your goals. Okay. If you're going to like rage clean your house, yep. which I do all the time. Rage clean your house, uh, you know, really, really <laughs> intensely fold your laundry. Yeah. Like, I don't even know, but like, you're going to do some activities that, that are going to help you get the aggression out because I have been riding the high of this rage. So for those of you who don't know, Maitrice Richardson was a 24 year old black female taken into custody after being unable to pay her bill at a Malibu restaurant in 2009. Chain of events that follows her arrest have been the subject of public speculation for over 10 years. You can talk about Maitrice Richardson in the same sentence as Alyssa Lamb, Sandra Bland, Kenneka Jenkins, what in particular makes me so mad about the Maitrice Richardson case is how the entire situation could have been avoided. The whole thing. The whole thing. Yeah, for sure. Literally no reason for it. Uh, Maitrice's mother, Latisse, actually spoke to dispatch shortly after Maitrice was taken into custody and warned them just how out of character it was for Maitrice to be arrested she'd never been arrested the fact that she should not be released on her own because she didn't know where she was but she needed to be released to latisse and she would come as soon as as soon as my trace would get out 
Maitrese was ultimately released after midnight without a vehicle, wallet, purse, or cell phone in an area that was completely unfamiliar to her. So before we even get into the specifics of this case, just take that at face value. Just the fact, just the fact of that is enough to get you to start feeling mad. Oh yeah. Our t-shirts, man, right there. No purse left behind. I mean, what are you going to do without it? You're not going to, you can't do anything without it. Nope. And why don't you, why is it taken from you? And why don't you, yeah. Why is it not on your person? It's it. That's. It's always a bad sign. No matter what. Yep. Always a red flag. So Maitrese LaVon Richardson was born on April 30th of 1985. What? If that sounds familiar to you, that's because Alyssa Lamb was born on April 30th. I can't. Okay. They share a birthday. Okay. And that's really not all they share. No. So Maitrese was living in East LA with her mother, Latisse Sutton, and her stepfather. Maitrese still maintained a good relationship with her birth father. His name is Michael Richardson. Katie loves him. She's like his biggest champion. Am I right, Benny? Oh my God. I love him so much. (laughs) I just, he's my home. He's my homie all the way. Um, He himself lived in South LA. So Maitrese's parents met in high school in 1983. Latisse, just the definition of a strong woman in so many ways, right? So she herself had an absent father and her mother was an alcoholic. So she grew up largely in the care of her grandparents Eddie and Mildred. So these are Maitrese's great grandparents. And we go on to explain the significance of that relationship later in the story. So tragically, Latisse actually witnessed her grandfather, Eddie, shoot Mildred three times and then turn the gun on himself when she was 12 years old. Oh, um, God. Mildred survived. Yeah, really tragic. Mildred actually lived. Eddie did not. And at that point, Latisse really goes on to say, you know, that was when I realized that I have to educate myself and I have to get out of here um, at 12. So she really did. Um, But when she was a senior in high school, she ended up pregnant with Maitrese. And Mildred largely took care of Maitrese while Latisse and Michael worked. You know, so while, while Maitrese was a baby, the grandparents really provided daycare for her. Um, Michael soon fell into some criminal activity to prison in 1989 for a series of felonies. It was an eight-year sentence. And during this time, Latisse met someone else and remarried. And Michael kind of never forgave her for that. Um, So they're in East LA in the 1990s. So they're living in the heart of the LA riots in the 1990s. And there is violence all around them. They see the police brutality, the over-policing, the Rodney King situation. They're, they have front row seats to all of it. So soon after this all goes down, Latisse moves her family out of LA proper and into Covina, which is a suburb of LA. Another weird synchronicity Maitrese lived in Covina, and if you'll remember from our Lacey Peterson episode, she disappeared from a house on Covina Avenue. 
So just another little, you know, just another little synchronicity that's I important can. to point out. That's crazy. So my trace, from what we understand, is a very intelligent and well-spoken child. She was a cheerleader. She was an avid dancer, very talented, and she was unbelievably beautiful. So gorgeous. Yeah, so pretty. Oh, so my pretty. God. Like a, like a supermodel. Gorgeous. Yes. Like really just a knockout. Yes. Um, she was very much a girly girl as much as that term sucks. And I hate to use it because like, what does that even mean? But she really didn't like to be outdoors like at all. Her mom talked about how she would be like, it's a beautiful day. We should go out in the yard. And my trace would be like, why? Like, what would be the point of doing that? Like, she just, she was not an outdoorsy person. Like she didn't enjoy it. You know, some people in her family like to garden. She never participated. She was like, why would I get dirty? Like not into it. Um, she graduated with honors from Cal State Fullerton with a psychology degree in 2008, and she was the first person in her family to go to college. So her, her family is very proud of that. The year between when she graduated from college and when she went missing is a huge period of change for my trace. So she came out openly as a lesbian to her family, and she started competing in beauty pageants. And I mean, she easily could it was like not difficult she was a completely beautiful woman she marched in the long peach uh, gay pride parade she was getting involved in the gay community in her area like she was really coming into her own very much for the first time she started working as a go-go dancer at a lesbian club in long beach and she went by the dancer named hazel now this isn't in my notes but her dad she told her dad and her dad was like you need to be careful like even if you're not taking your clothes off or even you know whatever you need to be careful because you're going to be exposed to a certain element in doing that job and he was just very very real with her about it she started dating a woman named tessa moon who was a boxer but the cup and the <laughs> thank you for listening um, she started dating Tessa Moon. She was a boxer, but the couple broke up in the spring of 2009. That was mutual. And at this time, Maitrice was actually living with her great grandmother, Mildred, and she was doing clerical work for a shipping company while she decided where she was going to go to grad school. So the plan is, you know, go full on with the psychology degree, become a psychotherapist, get your master's. Um, you know, she was, she was really building up those foundational blocks to get to where she needed to go at this time. So here's where we need to talk about mental health in my Trace's case. So unlike Alyssa Lamb, who was diagnosed bipolar and she took regular medication to stave off her symptoms, my Trace never had access to the mental health services that she needed, according to her mother. So Latisse repeatedly says that Maitrice had never had access to be officially diagnosed bipolar, but she showed all signs of bipolar. So there are three types of bipolar disorder, right? Bipolar one, bipolar two, and cyclothymic disorder. So bipolar one is the one that we all think of when we think of bipolar. Um, extreme manic episodes that last at least seven days and depressive episodes that last two weeks or more. That's what we all think of. Bipolar 2 defines manic and depressive episodes 
but not the extreme mania in particular of bipolar one. So it's, it's a little bit less intense and a little bit more medically manageable than bipolar one. Mm. Cyclothymic disorder has periods of hypomania and depression lasting for at least two years, but it does not meet the diagnostic requirement of bipolar. So it's similar, but it's not the same. So we don't really know if Latisse actually meant that Mitrice never had the chance to be diagnosed. It may mean that she never saw a professional because of lack of insurance or lack of access or whatever, but it also might mean that in 2009, we didn't really know how to differentiate her symptoms and give her an actual proper diagnosis. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, It wasn't that. Yeah. I think you're absolutely right because it, it, they weren't that far advanced in, in the diagnosis, in the diagnosis like that and being able to diagnose like all those different forms. It's kind of like they're learning. They, I mean, they're learning more every single day about that. Yeah. I feel like even still. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. So either way, I mean, ultimately it doesn't really matter because she was having issues, major issues in the days leading up to when she disappeared. So the following is a snippet from a fantastic LA magazine article called what happened to Mitrice Richardson. I highly recommend in the days leading up to her appearance, Mitrice sent a number of alarming text messages to her mother, Latisse. Mitrice text said, you have to tell me what's going on with you. Latisse texted back, you've been somewhat elusive and philosophical. Tell me what's up. Have you found yourself in a state of sadness? Are you crying without reason or understanding? I'm concerned. Help me understand what's going on with you. Are you feeling lost, helpless, alone, rejected? So she's obviously concerned about the things that Mitrice has been sending her. Mitrice replied, I'm writing a book my journal, because you told me I can be anything I wanted. You told me I was Miss America. You told me I was America's next top model. Now, do you know what I want to be when I grow up? Miss Mother Nature, because Miss America is a fake ass joke along with everything else we see. So I'm trying to find my way to Michelle Obama to see if she will talk to Mr. Obama about creating my position within the White House. Lots to unpack there. Lots to unpack. So she doesn't seem, she doesn't confirm anything that her mother says. Mm -hmm. Like she doesn't say, I am crying without reason. I don't feel helpless. I don't feel alone. I don't feel rejected. Like she's not, she's not confirming. Denying it either. That's true. Right. So she's really, she's not commenting really on what her mom said. And clearly- her mom it's all is, over the place too yeah, on top yeah. of that so like let's yeah. just not throw that in there and her mom is clearly going like are you feeling this way and she knows what to ask her because obviously she has felt this way before like her mother knows like are you starting to feel like that again you need to you need to tell me what's up it's almost like her mom has been doing research or like her mom has like an edge either it, i would think she was a nurse or yeah. something like that because she talks like almost like she knows exactly what kind of you know these symptoms would be and so it almost seems as though she's done her research absolutely she was she worked in legal aid so she was um you know she she was a researcher at heart yeah so i'm sure i'm sure she was up you know with it and knowing what was going on 
my trace has probably been, you know, exhibiting like these sort of symptoms for a while at this point. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. you definitely, right. she would, as a mom, like she would have definitely been looking into She's familiar. that for a while. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Trying to get a hold of it. So on Wednesday, September 16th of 2009, Maitrice showed up for her clerical shift at the shipping company in an unusually happy and excited mood, as described by one coworker. And then she left for lunch and never came back. She went to her great-grandmother Mildred's house where she was staying, and she was there that afternoon, but didn't say where she was going when she left. So here's what we know about the events of Wednesday, September 16th, that evening. Maitrice drove her 1998 Honda Civic to Joffrey's restaurant in Malibu. This place is swanky. It is known for amazing views of the Pacific Ocean. It's actually on the Pacific Coast Highway. It's built into the cliffside. Like this is a fancy place. Joffrey's has valet parking. So Maitrice pulled in and waited for the valet to take her vehicle. By the time the valet approaches her car, it was empty. So the valet is looking around like, what the hell? And Maitrice is actually sitting in the valet's car with the driver's side door open. Okay. Okay. So she's wearing a Rasta style hat. This is how it's described. A Rasta style hat, a long sleeve white t-shirt with a black Bob Marley t-shirt over it vans distressed jeans in a pink alligator belt and i have to say that's like the fucking most g outfit ever oh my god i I was just about to say like minus the rasta hat this is katie's like this is something i could see katie in 100 i would rock every single thing that you just said like yeah i'm like oh okay like I've seen, I have seen this, like, so I just know from experience from being Katie's friend that some women can actually pull that off. <laughs> and I'm sure Katie and my trees both could. So this is how, she, this is what she's wearing. And the valet comes up to my trees and is like, what are you doing? <laughs> and my trees says it's subliminal. Like, seriously. It's subliminal. Like what? Like, what do you say to that? So she follows up. She says, it's subliminal. And then she follows up telling the valet the fact that she was avenging the death of Michael Jackson, who at that point had just died. Like, this is an episode. Like, this is an obvious type of an episode that, I mean, if anybody has ever watched, um, like, Shameless, really, and you see the one character where he really goes through these literal like moments of doing the most outrageous mm-hmm. shit and then you and then it's over and then it's almost like you're in this fog and it's as if you almost don't even know what happened kind of like a, yeah. almost like a blackout in a in a way yeah it's wild it's wild to me Maitrice got out of the valet's car. No, no struggle there. Just got out of the car, gave him her keys and said, is Vanessa here? Now, Vanessa, as it turns out, was a regular at the club where Maitrice was dancing. And Maitrice had kind of developed a little bit of a crush on her. And it went a little bit too far. And 
Vanessa was in a relationship and actually had to tell Maitrice to back off at one point. And she did to her credit. She did. So as she enters the restaurant, she tells the valet one more thing, look out for a woman with tattooed arms. Okay. So Maitrice goes inside and hmm. is seated table for one. And the valet goes inside and tells the hostess, Hey, this lady is pretty weird that you just sat and explains the whole interaction in the parking lot. So Maitrice, she's at her table by herself. She ordered a cocktail and a steak, which can't go wrong. And soon well. she, <laughs> Carly, <laughs> she, I mean, I'm just saying she ordered, like a, no, no. she, or, she was like, you can tell that this is like a, almost a celebratory yeah. meal. Back in you the day I mean? when I ate meat, that would have been a very good meal. You don't just sit down and order a cocktail and a steak like every day. I don't right. feel like it just speaks to like, I feel like her mood. Was An just occasion. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it, exactly. So she soon leaves her table and joins a party of seven who's dining nearby. And, oh, you know, the manager man. comes over and is like, uh, is everything all right? And the people were like, yeah, it's fine. That's fine. She's trying to have a conversation with us. They were, they were honestly like not moved. They were just like, cool. Sure. You know, like LA, all uh, interesting people. Well, I guess they're in Malibu, but it's like, you know, they were just, they, they didn't have a problem. Um, reports say that she was largely unintelligible with these people. She was saying, she was talking about signs of the Zodiac, like all, like all of these things that the people couldn't really follow. And then my went back to her table but she did go back to the party of seven again, where she told them that she's going to Hawaii and she would contact them when she gets there. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Okay, yep. so so just like Katie said, Ugh, like this definitely. is an episode. We are like, it's yeah. playing out. Yeah. It's, it's outrageous. So Matrice just gets up to leave the restaurant and she stopped at the door by the manager because she had not paid her bill. It was $89. And this does make sense because they're obviously watching her. You know, the valet said something to the hostess. Hostess probably said something to the server. The manager had to go over to the table of seven. Like they have an eye on her. So they stop her on her way out. She said the party of seven said they were going to pay for my meal. But of course they did not. And they had already left. So my Trace didn't know what to do, but she seemed like she was in a daze almost. So she wasn't concerned, but she just, she didn't have an answer. She then told the restaurant manager that she was from Mars and she could pay for the meal with sex. She kept saying that she didn't have any money and she emptied her pockets and a joint fell out and a fellow employee called the police. Okay. This is infuriating. Okay. Stop it. All right. Stop it with the weed police calls. Okay. Just stop. Just, just stop yourself right now. Just think about what you're doing. Okay. The woman is obviously in distress of some kind. She's obviously acting all over the place. If you want to call the police and tell them that that's fine, but you're in Los, you're in you're outside Los Angeles in 2009. No, the woman has one joint fall from her pocket and that prompts you to call the cops. Like I just, Okay, and like, she's not paying the bill, so like, fine. But like, 
we've all been servers our server like no one's gonna call the cops because someone isn't paying their bill like right away like no you have them call someone to pay for them or whatever you mm-hmm. don't just call 911 immediately you know yeah so the the employee who calls 911 says that they have a patron who is refusing to pay her bill sounds crazy and is maybe on drugs or something that's what she's quoted as saying okay mm-hmm lots of people sound crazy. Okay. Not a reason to call the cops. Lots of people may be on drugs. Okay. Not a reason to call the cops. Maitrice is not refusing to pay her bill. She is unable to pay her bill. She is not saying, no, I'm not paying for this. Forget it. I'm leaving. She can't. She's obviously showing signs of being like, I don't have any money. I don't have anything. I don't know what to do. I mean, she openly says, I don't know what to do. Yeah. So this yeah. whole initial 911 call is wrong and incorrect and not not what is actually happening. Like I feel like this is the first major error of the whole night. Mm-hmm. It's Do already setting it up for like bad news bears. Oh, definitely. Do we know who specifically <clears throat> called 911? I've heard that it indeed was the hostess. Okay, cuz that's what I thought I heard as well and I'm like first of all why would it be the hostess calling? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, of anybody, the hostess is gonna give two shits if someone's yeah. not paying yeah. the bill. And you, know you want to talk mean? about no. you want to talk about the fucking hostess without the mostest, okay? <laughs> <laughs> the hostess with the leastest. And like, like who knows who the hostess was? But like, let's think about it. Every hostess I've ever worked with is like in. 17 year old girl who doesn't know what's going on you know what i mean like <laughs> yeah not I, gonna yeah. be the one to call yeah. 911 for this woman no. about yeah. this you know strongly strongly dislike that person like already i know me yeah. too i have a major problem with this because yeah. what if the party of seven actually did mean to pay her tab and they walked right back in and they said whoops i'm sorry and paid it would you still say that she refused or would right. you admit that you had made a mistake? If you had given her an opportunity before you called the cops to call someone and get a credit card number over the right. phone before the police are called. Yeah. Like, like, like you're real I, quick to call 911 on this and, black woman. And honestly, like we say mm-hmm. this all the time on Straight Up Evil. If it's just you like or someone decent. you know, it's common decency and like human dignity. Like, it, honestly, it really is. It really is. And we do, we give you the advice all the time. If you see something or you see someone in danger, or something happens and you know it's not right, we want you to get law enforcement involved. Yeah. That is not what is going on in here. And, and really, just like Carly said, like, I've had this happen so many times where somebody couldn't pay their tab and I have never once seen the police get called. Never. Yeah, no. And you, if anything, you like let them, if anything, you even would let them leave, like to go get the card or whatever and come back even. And then if they never came back, then maybe then you would, you know what I mean? Yeah. Take and get, them, you know, get their information, but you get yeah. them leave. Right. Yeah, exactly. And it wouldn't be the whole like, anyway. We'd be the van manager. Like, mm-hmm. Oh, the uh, whole thing, the, the whole thing, it, it's already and also, like ass backwards. Also, you know what? This also is frustrating too, because this is what we see that happens a lot, especially and mainly with people of color. It's, it sucks so much to see that these people are set up by these 911 calls, essentially, 
and they are given this image and given this assumption that they are one way. And so by the time that the police already arrive on the scene, it's already a freaking huge bad battle because they assume that they're fighting some person that is dangerous or you know instead of just like we're saying obstinate like something and then people end up fucking dead and then Mm -hmm. this is how people end up fucking killed like yeah yeah like yeah and and we're gonna get even more mad ladies and gentlemen so this is just your fair warning um so the police are on their way to joffrey's restaurant and maitrice tells the hostess during this time she was watching a soap opera at work and god told her to take the afternoon off which i think i'm probably gonna take for myself for for, like in life i i just love this excuse so much thanks like like, thanks appreciate it um so as the, the world turns as the world turns <laughs> god told me to take the afternoon off um so the hostess calls mildred after her after getting her number from Maitrice, who told her i don't have any parents i just have a great grandmother sweet couldn't little- have done this before 911 just saying just couldn't have done that before 911 called okay that's what i'm fine. saying it's, it's like fine. why okay. is she like why are they why is she with the hostess exactly you know what i mean like what is this whole dynamic going on and like uh, yeah i just what is again, the manager yes, even something, doing yes yeah, something ain't clean girls not it so sweet 90 year old mildred gave them her fucking credit card number over the phone but it was joffrey's policy that they had to have a signature okay question my question Okay, I have a lot of questions. Oh my god! First of all, that's complete bullshit. Second of all, total bullshit. Second of all, you're telling me that after all this has been going on, they're really going to stick to that policy that they can't take the credit card over the phone because they don't have the signature. You're telling me that the manager of that restaurant, okay, is going to say, you know. I just can't, I just can't do it. We're going to have the police come. No, no. they're going to be like, okay, great. You're going to pay for the bill. Let's get the money. Let's get you out of here. I Quinnies. don't want to have to deal with you. Okay. It's the but damn hostess. Quinnies. I you the hostess people, like, we can't take it. It's our policy. We can't have the signature. These the people hostess. already have something out for her, Queenies. Yeah. That Quinnies. is 100%, 100%, Katie. Bullshit. They, they, she was already the called the police and she was liking the girl that worked there right or whatever and she was and so there were a couple issues with that and like her so she had already been around the, that place before had she had she i i'm sure of it i mean she was because familiar I, with that with that place i thought like she she no, had, I thought she she had wasn't. been there but oh i thought she, I thought she had she been, never there been there oh i don't know i i i I read it as she had bit, she knew the place. Like she, I don't know, but I, I either think way they somebody, had it out for her for sure. They, somebody had it out for her. Yes. And this is the, this is the first time that we're going to mention, but certainly not the last in this episode that they are covering their ass. They already called the cops and said, we have a problem. So now they have to perpetuate that problem. So if they had mm-hmm. reversed the order and got the credit card number before, there would be no need to deny her over a stupid fucking technicality. But they didn't do that. They already called the cops. 
So now the police are on their way. Like, it's just, yeah, they're, they're just, they're, I, I, I'm completely just, with you. It just shows you that there's more motive behind it than just getting your money. Like if you were just a restaurant that just wants to get your bill paid and like get the crazy person out the door, like then you wouldn't be pushing this. It's exactly. like, there's, exactly. there's a reason for that. Mm-hmm. So Mildred is not deterred by the fact that they won't take her signature. She does not hang up the phone and say, okay, I tried. Mm-hmm. She tries to, oh my God, what a saint of a woman. She Absolutely. tries to get the hostess. She tries to reason with her. And she's like, listen, she does have a mom and she's clearly acting strange. And I will call her mother right now and I will get her mother down. I'm 90 years old. I can't come myself, but I will get my daughter to come down there and get her and she will pay for it. And this will be over. Like this is not okay. What is going on here? And I'm sorry. Let me just say this too. Are you going to be the person that's going to deny a little 90 year old woman over the phone? It's awful. And tell her, like, I just can't. Little Mildred hers. So the 911 call went out for a woman who is refusing to pay her bill, talking crazy. Uh, maybe on drugs and three sheriff's deputies arrive. Okay. So it's a Wednesday night. It's probably pretty slow, but how many deputy deputies do you need to respond to that call? Okay. And that's going to come back later. So Mildred is still on the phone and they say the police have just arrived. And she says, please let me talk to them. And she talks to them and they are unfazed by what she said. And she said, let me talk to my great granddaughter. And she gets on the phone with her and she says, quote, direct quote, you put that phone close to your ear. They're getting ready to take your black ass to jail. Mildred hung up the phone and called Latisse immediately. She knew immediately. It was like, this is not, this isn't right. Something's going on because Mm -hmm. my trace has no criminal record. Nothing like this has ever happened. And these people are, are making every excuse in the book to not help her out. And even Mildred at 90 years old over the phone knows in that moment, no, they're trying to take you in. I don't know why, but they are Mm -hmm. hell bent Mm -hmm. on taking you in. And this is also another angle of where the frustration comes in too, of people always discrediting mental health. And it's like, it's, it's like immediately discrediting it. Yep. And I just like, oh, it's not right. So they search my Teresa's car. Like, okay. What? (laughs) Like, I'm like, I'm, I'm sorry. What? Like, like What? For what reason? Wow. For abs- 100% for what reason? Exactly. I know she consented to the search. She's not She's not thinking clearly. So she probably just handed them her keys or they got them from the valet or whatever. Mm-hmm. But y- is this because of the joint? Because how does a joint correlate? That's unsmoked, by the way. How does that correlate to the vehicle? So like somebody, right. well, somebody out there needs to help me understand that piece of how they were able to search her car. What probable cause do you have to search her vehicle? That's yeah, like show know. and show us, like show us mm-hmm. where is it? Yeah, like, where, where is like, it? Yeah, what made you think that that was okay to do? Where's the record? Point, Where's the record of that? And at this point, 
even if she consented or gave them the keys or whatever, is she even in the same state of mind for that to be plausible? Well, you know everybody's I mean? like, saying, everybody's saying at this point that she's acting strangely, but as the story progresses, they go further and further away from that narrative yeah. because they don't want to look like they took advantage, but they totally, totally fucking took did. advantage. Mm-hmm. Yep. Just like they do very often, unfortunately. So they find some shake in her car because she obviously rolled a joint in it, but there's no, there's no quantity of marijuana in the car. There is one joint. Okay. And they find nothing of significance. They do find some empty bottles of alcohol. So they do not find her cell phone, her money, her wallet, or her purse. So she literally, again, she is not refusing to pay the bill. She cannot pay the bill. She has no way to pay the bill. Her driver's license was in the vehicle, but because of her odd behavior, they were like, well, maybe she's drunk. So they conduct a field sobriety test. And guess what? She passed. She was sober and everyone can just stuff it. Okay. (laughs) Because again, ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. So this part warms my heart a little bit. Um, A few employees of Joffrey's are like, we'll pay our tab. They talk to the police and they say, if you just give her a ticket for the pot possession, she can leave. She hasn't done anything wrong. We'll pay for it. They actually- Thank you to them. Oh my God. That's just like, that just really warms my heart. Um, However, they were discouraged from doing that because of her odd behavior and because the rationale was that maybe she shouldn't be driving a car in the state that she's in, which I do understand why they were more satisfied with that answer. But again, it's just another way that she had an opportunity right there, just like her great grandmother's credit card, right? It was right there. You could have got the bill paid right then and there. And you chose, this is the second time that she has had a viable way to pay that check and you have denied her. And they had a viable way for her to get home because they already talked to Mildred who could have called Latisse to come get her. Yep. So the bill could have been paid. She could have been, she could have gone home without actually driving herself in her state and everything would have been fine. It's, it's so infuriating. It is so infuriating. Uh, the manager elected to press charges. So that's gorgeous. And I just want to say thank you so much to that fucking. Okay. So I just want to talk about this. This is the equivalent of getting your card declined and being hauled into the police station. In my opinion, this is the opinion. This, I mean, at this point, her payment in whatever form has been rejected two times. So it's just outrageous. There's just, I, I don't, none of this makes any sense why she got brought in there, but she did. And the three sheriff's deputies who responded that night are named Frank Brower, Armando Lurero, and John McKay. They fucking impounded her car just to add insult to injury. So that's a thousand bucks right there. Again, Mm -hmm. when her mom could have just come and picked it up, they impounded her car for no reason because they found nothing of of substance in it. Such um, bullshit. Such fucking bullshit. My was in the back of the police car when Latisse called the Lost Hills dispatch station of the Los Angeles Sheriff's Department. She asked... 
you know, my daughter, her name is Maitrice Richardson. I just heard that she is being brought into the police station. Um, are you keeping her overnight? And Latisse asked this because Maitrice's half sister is 10 year old, 10 year old sister. I think it's pronounced Maya. Um, she's fast asleep at this point and Latisse doesn't want to wake her up. So she's like, if you're keeping her overnight, I'll just pick her up in the morning. And she really thought, you know, maybe this is a wake up call for my daughter. Maybe this is a moment of, you can't just recklessly do these things. You need to take care of yourself. She's 24 years old. Maybe a night on a, on a, on a jail cell bed is good for her. And she'll wake up in the morning and should be thinking about her responsibilities. Latisse said, you know, this is completely out of character. She has never done anything like this. She'll come right now and get her if they're not going to keep her overnight. She said, quote, she's not from that area. She's not familiar with that area. And I would hate to wake up to a morning report girl lost somewhere with her head chopped off. Says this to the dispatch. Because mom's freaking no, man. Yep. Mm hmm. Yeah, so they do. Latisse was reassured by the sheriff's deputy who took the call that Maitrice would be held all night and safe at the station. So mm -hmm, it's mm -hmm, mm -hmm, it's mm -hmm. uh, Deputy Lurero who wrote the arrest report, and he does not make one single mention in this report of her odd behavior. He wrote that she was arrested for defrauding an innkeeper and possession of marijuana. I can't. I literally can't. The whole because part of the 911 call saying, oh, she, she's crazy. She's talking crazy. She's absolutely crazy. Yeah. Right. So no mention of that whatsoever. Nothing. Okay. okay. And defrauding an innkeeper comes from the manager pressing charges. So if the manager had not done that, they would have no reason. She, right. You get a ticket for pot possession. You don't, right. you, you're not brought in. It's such, it's so, it's bullshit. Maitrice never called her mother from the Lost Hills station that night because the only number she ever memorized was her great-grandmother, Mildred. Lost Hills deputies now insist that she was on the phone with someone at the jail, but Mildred maintains that she never, ever received a call from Maitrice that night. In yet another what-the-fuck moment of this investigation, all the calls that were made that night were made from a non-recorded line because the payphone was quote unquote broken. Of course it was. Sure it was. Yep. Sure. Sure. Yep. I would like to see a receipt of when they had that serviced. Mm -hmm. So I know exactly when it or what was wrong with it for how long. And I would like to talk to every single other person who was inside of that station that night and see if any of them used the payphone. So, yeah. <laughs> oh man. Okay. 5.35 AM the following morning, literally Latisse wakes up and calls the station. I'm coming to get her. I'll come get my daughter. I'll bring any necessary documentation. Tell me what you need from me. The jailer named Sharon Cummings informed her that my had been released after midnight completely opposite of what she was told absolute polar opposite of what she was assured 
So think about this, right? The reason for keeping her was her odd behavior, right? Like that's mm-hmm. the reason why they're not letting her go. That's the reason why she can't leave the restaurant. Um, the police go on later to say that this was a necessity in bringing her in, right? Because, you know, they, they want to make it, they're, they're trying. She can't drive by herself at her right. stage. Also, this doesn't make any sense to me. I'm not a police officer. I don't know fucking exact protocol, but if I recall correctly, like you don't bring a mentally in unstable person back to the station. Like you are supposed to have them go. If I'm, if I'm correct, I'm pretty sure you're supposed to have them go through an ambulance first and they have to get checked out at the hospital first. And then are you allowed to take them into custody in order for their charges? But yeah, when somebody I'll, I'll has to reports, look into that Benny in California, but I, I because totally understand I, she should be evaluated. Yeah. yeah. She needs to be mentally evaluated before you just take her in. And why do they get to hold her also based on her mental um, state? That doesn't, that makes no sense to me. You, if you, you, you're telling me you're not keeping her based on her joint that she had, but you're keeping her because she's not mentally fit to be, no. That's no, they were actually drunk. If she were actually drunk, fine. Keep her overnight until she like sobers up. But her, she passed the test. So she yeah, obviously right, wasn't they, drunk. Right. And, you know, they just use that, the odd behavior. They just yeah. use that in when it serves them. And then they take it out of the equation when they, when they don't. You know, and, and truly, like, just like Katie said, like no, none of us are police officers and none of us know protocol, but this doesn't make any fucking sense. And I, I cannot no. find a rationale for it. So she's 40 miles from home. She has no phone, wallet, car, or any fucking clue where she is. Sharon it's Cummings, midnight. It's midnight. <laughs> Sharon Cummings, the jailer, says, my Trice refused to stay in the lobby at the jail. Okay, well, you're in jail. So I don't really think that you can refuse to be in jail. <laughs> like you're in jail. That's so who gives a shit? What? Like I read that. I'm like, what? And she said that she was going to meet her friends. So it was fine. Latisse hung up the phone in complete and total disbelief and immediately called back and spoke to another deputy, Kenneth Baumgartner. And she said, how long before I can file a missing persons report? You know, this 100%, it's not right. This would never happen. She would never do something like this. She goes on and she's crying and she says her daughter was in a highly depressive state. And this dude says, this is a direct quote. Why don't you call? I I really can't. Why don't you call back in a few hours? And if she hasn't made contact with you, then we can maybe do something for you. Okay. First of all, first of all, obviously he doesn't give a shit. Second of Mm -hmm. all, he is trying to get her to call back later. So someone else can deal with the problem. Passing the buck. 100%. Third of all, third of all, when you hear that call, okay. I just, first of all, like, yes, like she was weeping. She was sad. Like she was upset. But the fact of the matter is that Latisse has had to keep her calm the entire time to be as, what's the word, um, 
like eloquent as possible. She really and is. She is so well spoken and, and sane. And I'm sorry, but the only reason I can think of that instead of her just being hysterical with rage and worry is because she knows that these white dudes and she needs to act a certain way because she is a black woman. She can't come yeah. off as the hysterical enraged woman, okay, about her daughter. So she yeah. has to come across as composed you know, compose as possible. And like, yes, she mm-hmm. seems to be a very composed woman in general, like any footage I've seen of her or like listen to her or whatever. But it just, I don't know, maybe I'm making something out of nothing, but no, me, I'm just like, there's no way a mom would be, or anyone that wet would be worried would be like having to be so damn composed. She with really them. does. They she really her, does. We'll keep her there. And then they didn't do that. Right. It's, which is really, really messed up. Latisse is obviously panicking. 6.30 that morning, a retired reporter named Bill Smith, who lives in Montanito, which is six miles west of the station, reports a prowler walking through his backyard. He calls the police and he describes the prowler as a slim black woman with, quote, Afro hair. He said that he opened the window and asked the woman if she was okay, which again, I'm like, what? Someone (laughs) is prowling in your backyard and you're like, hey, you okay, buddy? You doing okay? Like, what are you talking about? Someone is a fenced in yard, right? Like, it was a fence. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, my first thing isn't going to be like, how you doing? Um... This so, is why this is why eyewitness accounts just fucking kill me. Like I, I just I'm dead with eyewitness accounts. Like we just need to make a book. We need to write our first straight up evil book, and it should be just all fucking literal of comments on and stories of that shit. Okay, that because I just happened. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yes. So eyewitness accounts. He says to the woman, "Are you all right?" And the woman says, I'm just resting. Deputies did not release a be on the lookout for my trees for another six and a half hours. Yeah, so weird. But by then, my trees was long gone from Montanito. Honestly, if she was ever there at all, because there's absolutely no way to confirm that this was her. That the only person who saw her was a guy at 6.30 in the morning inside of his house. And the best description he can give is a slim black woman with Afro hair. Mm-hmm. So far as I'm concerned, that's, that's not credible. Uh, that's not a, he didn't see her license. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I think that at this point in the investigation, it's just important to point out the leaps that are being taken here. Oh, she was obviously there. We don't know that. We do not know that yet. They waited another two days to conduct any kind of search for her and chose not to use police dogs, no dogs, but to look in Bill Smith's backyard as, quote, this was the last place she was seen. Again, first of all, what good uh is two days later? First of all, what what good is no dogs? Exactly. Who are you? How dare you? How dare you? I don't know why my voice keeps going out, Gwenny's. They found tracks in Bill's yard and they believe those to be from Mitrice's sneakers. They lost the shoe print pattern less than 100 feet from Dark Creek, which leads into Dark Canyon. And they stopped looking. 
Maybe if they had the dogs, they would have taught a scent and they would have found something. Seriously. If you think that's where she was last seen. Yeah. Again, if that's where you really it think works she was. for you yeah. to search there in the moment. So you use that detail, but then your further behavior doesn't. And I just get more madder the more we go on. I know. And then we still have so much more to get mad about. I just. <laughs> I also just want to do this for one second and be this person and like also say like what the fuck would there be drug dogs if it was a white girl? I'm sorry. Quinny, this is part of the whole thesis statement of this episode. There's no way that this would have happened. Absolutely not. It just boils my fucking blood. It literally it literally boils my blood. Oh, okay. I would just love to know what the protocol is for calling in the canine unit and what criteria this did not meet because it seems to be pretty Mm -hmm. cut and dry that the dogs would have only helped the process. At this point, this becomes part of the LAPD's jurisdiction because she's a missing person, though the sheriff's department maintains entirely involved through this whole thing. So they insist this is not a homicide investigation. The LAPD concluded Maitrese was likely sleep deprived and suffering from a bipolar episode the night she was arrested. It's part of the initial investigation. Okay. So they're admitting that she was acting odd. And from what her family says, it was probably a bipolar episode the night that she went missing. Uh, You know, that's, that's what they've got to start up. So by now the story is blowing up. Okay. So this is all, the press is all over this. Social media was all over it. Um, Latisse and Michael, who were not on good terms for the past 20 years, they appeared publicly together. This reminds me of Kyron Horman's parents. Yeah. Yeah. They appeared publicly together to express their outrage about what happened to Maitreese. They tried very much like Sandra Bland's family to get a hold of the security footage from the jail that night. The head of the Lost Hill Station, the captain, said there is no video of any kind. The phone's broken. There's no camera. Like, get out. And why is that? It's so so hard for me not to just be shouting. I know. I know. know. I'm like, why do I I keep losing my voice? I am screaming in my living room. That's why you're losing your voice. You're screaming. You're screaming. I have to take deep breaths to like lower my voice because I'm so outraged. Also, like, exactly. Not only why are there not cameras, but why is that not be a concern of, of anybody's like why is it not why do they just say oh we don't have any oh that's it it's just disregarded why is that acceptable no why la county okay? like they are this is the big leagues man the lapd and the la sheriff's department like these are not tiny little town operations without resources like you have resources so right. don't even no yeah so in January of 2010, Maitrice's mother, Latisse, meets with the captain of the Lost Hill Station, and he confesses, whoops, there is a video. It's in my desk drawer. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. I literally have. I, I, I don't even know. I don't even know. Which is, which guess what? I know. Oh, I know. It's AKA 
oh, I edited this video real quick, shoved it in my desk for a yep. minute, and then whipped that bad boy out. Like Here it we was go, yesterday's Quinny, you, fucking Quinny, birthday cake. You are right on fucking track because three months later, three more months go by, uh, Matrice's family is allowed to watch the video. The sheriff's department is quoted as saying they had technical difficulties in getting the video out mm-hmm. to the family. Mm-hmm. So technical difficulties is a bad Wi-Fi signal or a wireless mouse that has dead batteries. Okay. That this is so outrageous and so fucking cruel to do to this family. Um, I'm flag number what? 17. Are we at yeah. right now? Beneath, the video has been edited. Okay. It has never been made public. And according to Latisse, there is a shot in that video of Maitrice holding a piece of paper. And then in the next moment, the paper is crumpled up and on the floor. So there are pieces of this video missing 100% without a doubt. And the sheriff's department has declined to comment on any sort of editing that they did to the video. And this is not okay. And this should be investigated and it's not acceptable. And it's just not cool at all. It's not. So in the course of viewing this video, Latisse finds out another very interesting piece of information. Two minutes after Maitrice exits the station, a deputy goes out the adjacent door. The sheriff's department refuses to name the deputy. This fuels the family to file a formal complaint against the sheriff's department. And this is picked up by the Office of Independent Review. And they release their findings on July 9th of 2010. Okay, okay so sorry, he- real quick. Sorry to interrupt you. No, no. I want to mention this before I forget. Did you guys watch the Lost Compassion documentary about my trace? No. Okay. It's not the best. It's definitely low budget whatever but it had some interesting footage like it had footage like from the funeral it had a footage from like the press conferences or whatever and in that they mentioned so they mentioned this particular part about the deputy going out the door as my trees is as leaving and previously they had said that she left and there was no one else there there were no deputies in the building when latisse had called yada 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 but they obviously see the deputy leave. Oh, so I'm kind of remembering witness, this a little bit, Quinny. A witness was um, interviewed on the documentary, but they were blurred. So like, we don't know who they were or whatever. Right. But they said that they corroborated this fact that the deputy was there. But even though they said there were no deputies there, but there was. And right. then they said, Oh, um, some, I heard over, I overheard someone say in the police department, oh, she's probably going to go take a bus. And when the witness was asked, have you ever seen someone take a bus outside of the Lost Hills police department? The witness said like, not that I can ever remember. And then when they show a shot of, but like the bus, like line or whatever, and they're like, there is no bus in front of the the police station buses stop running at 9 p.m they're never going to be running at 12 30 a.m in the middle of the night so like there's no reason oh why it would have been a bus okay but like we were talking about earlier before we started the deputy was there okay previously at the lost hills sheriff's department a certain mel gibson was there okay oh boo he got a ride in the middle of the day. He got a ride from a deputy. 
back home to wherever he wanted to go to his multi. Of course he mansion. did. Okay. But they're going to let my tree, my leave at 1230 AM with nothing by a herself, woman. a woman in the middle of the night, no phone, no wallet, nothing. Unbelievable. Take the bus. Okay. The same witness overheard one of the sheriffs or deputies. I don't know who, whatever say call her a ding okay call her a what a ding d-i-n-g okay which apparently is a police slang that they often call people like dingbat they call people who are acting crazy or whatever they call them dings so they overheard someone two policemen over talking to each other calling her a ding wow okay i can't yeah there's no excuse none there's absolutely no excuse wow and mel gibson can call can get a ride okay you don't need to drive mel gibson anywhere mel mel gibson can go (laughs) (laughs) oh my god (laughs) okay you should maybe cut that (laughs) it's it's so funny though um so they file a formal complaint against the sheriff's department they've got a lot to complain about yeah they're like what the hell happened uh this is picked up by the office of independent review and they released the report like we said on july 9th of 2010 here's what it says okay i'm going to give you the highlights my exhibited questionable behavior by going to joffrey's ordering dinner parking valet and leaving without a means to pay number one. Oh, how oh how dare she oh dare she number two no mention of the odd behavior that police and the restaurant staff cite as the reason for holding her or calling 911 in the first place. Number three, Lost Hills deputies did not endanger Mitrice by releasing her. Deputy Baumgartner had adequately explained to Latisse how to file a missing persons report, right? You remember that direct quote? Why don't you call us back in a few hours and maybe we can do something to you, okay? According to the Office of Independent Review, that is an adequate description to a distressed mother looking for their child who, who she freely admits was in a depressive state. That to them is adequate. That was an adequate description and the deputy did nothing wrong. mind-blowing then there is nothing about the fucking video nothing about the video that sat in a quote-unquote desk drawer for three months and was edited to shit the deputy seen leaving the building couldn't have anything to do with my because my was seen later in montanito ladies so just get that out of your heads obviously i do not understand why they are taking that witness account to be fucking gospel I i don't understand it um The Office of Independent Review did not conduct any interviews of the deputies or the jailer who they they think it's important to point out is a black woman, by the way. They think that's an important detail to add into there for some reason, just to be like, well, there was another black woman there. So everything probably went fine. That's Um, literally like someone saying, I can't be racist. I have black friends. It's it's unbelievable. It's literally the fact that they have to include that. You're just like, oh, my God. Um, so they didn't talk to or interview anyone who had contact with my on the 16th or 17th. They just took the police's word for it. So 
I can't. This bastard <laughs> who oh. authored this report. His name is, I couldn't think of a better name for him than just you're a bastard. bastard. Um, <laughs> his name is Michael Janako, and he was interviewed by LA Magazine for this article that I have spoken so much about. And they were trying to get more clarity from him about this hunk of fucking shit that he put together for this report. And the dude <laughs> literally, this is his quote, literally, anything's possible. I mean, aliens coming down is possible. No, no. No. Mm-hmm. Are we questioning his behavior at this point? Because I'm questioning a lot of stuff. I got a lot. Yeah. My tree says yeah, she's I'm from Mars. Okay. Right. And she gets hauled in, but this guy gets to do the report on her. Uh, like, I just, yeah, I, I was, I just could not believe that when I read it. Um, so in late June of 2010, a high school friend of Maitreese reports seeing her at a Las Vegas casino. Then, after that, the Las Vegas Police Department receives more than 70 other alleged sightings of Maitreese in Las Vegas. The LA Sheriff's investigators fly to Las Vegas and do a joint agency press conference to announce the sightings. Have you ever heard of anything so ridiculous in your life? In your life? Have you ever, like, can you, can you just roll it back for me, Quinnies, in the Rolodex of true crime in your minds? Can you ever remember a police department doing a press conference about sightings of a missing person? Alleged sightings. Like, what never have i ever ever it's deflection is what the fuck it is 100 percent. wow so sadly on august 10th of 2010 rangers who were looking into a property that used to house a marijuana grow operation before it was busted um also, okay, just before we get started on this, <laughs> random as AF, okay? Random as fuck. Like, this is, a, this is a point to that whole, like, there's so many gaps and just, like, holes in the story. This is another one of them. Like, what the actual fuck nuts? Seriously. Yeah, I have no idea why they were down there. Truly, like, I mean, they were supposedly just checking the area out because they're rangers and like, that's kind of what they do. And they used, Mm -hmm. this used to be a pot farm and they're just making sure that it's still empty, basically. Um, This property was located in Dark Canyon, the same spot that police had found what they called Mitrice's sneaker prints leading to a full year earlier, right? So days after her disappearance. So this is the spot that they didn't go into. As the rangers are walking downstream along Dark Creek, they find a semi-decomposed naked body. So they call the sheriff's department and the sheriff's personnel take over the scene an hour after the report is called in. The sheriff's department arrives at 1.30. The coroner is not called until 2.58 p.m. Okay, so Dark Canyon is not like a walkable place. 
Okay. There's huge obstacles in the way of getting to this body. And the Rangers are used to traversing something like this, but the police department is not, um, boulders, rock face ditches, all these things. So the coroner and his team needed to be airlifted into the area. So seven medical professionals, right? They're notified at about three and by five o'clock, seven medical, I'm sorry, by, yeah, I believe five o'clock, seven medical professionals are waiting on the hillside above the Lost Hill Station where they're told they're going to be picked up and airlifted into the scene to inspect the remains, make the determinations. And then two detectives, Dan McElderry and Kevin Acevedo, I think his name is, are airlifted to the site from the same area. Still no choppers for the coroner, right? So they're still waiting. Seven o'clock at, okay, okay. I just want to, I just want to, I just want to, let's just roll it back a little bit, okay? They found Maitrese midday. Sheriffs don't show up till 1.30. Coroner isn't called until three o'clock. Coroner assembles his people and gets them all the way out there by five o'clock, which is pretty fucking impressive for LA to Malibu in that time. Getting ready. They're there. They're ready to go. Two fucking hours later. No one has picked them up. At this point, they're like, okay, we obviously have to come back in the morning because we can't get in there. And, you know, what the hell are we doing? Now it's going to be dark. Now it's like, you know, what are we even doing? The sheriff's department uh, has since said that the chopper was diverted to search for a missing hiker. I'm sorry. Okay. If you can bring a helicopter on top of the Cecil Hotel in downtown LA while there is a cop actively shooting LAPD police officers, an ex-cop who is picking off former LAPD police officers, Mm -hmm. you can get a fucking helicopter for the coroner. Yep. So completely in a total breach of protocol. 100% breach of protocol. There is no, there's, there's no gray area on this folks. This is black and white against the express direction of the assistant chief coroner, Ed Winter, the sheriff's department collected the remains by themselves and airlifted the remains to the fucking lost Hills station. Yeah. No, nope. Nope. Totally. We all know. We all know that that is 100%. Nope. Not it's allowed. outrageous. It's completely outrageous. There's, there's no justification for it whatsoever. None. Um, the California state code actually says a body shall not be disturbed or moved from the position or place of death without the express permission of the coroner or the coroner's appointed deputy. So They just ignored that. Plus, the sheriff's department had exclusive access to the remains for for a full six and a half hours by themselves before anybody ever saw these remains other than them. They didn't take any photos of the scene. They didn't take pictures of the body. They didn't 
show the various stages of recovery. So when you remove human remains, you remove it and you take a photo and you remove it and you take a photo. The whole process is photos. It's not just pictures of the remains there. It's exactly how they were handled because you have to document it. Nothing, absolutely nothing. They collected no soil samples. They just, God knows how they did it. And they just, they, they just, they just threw it all out. They just left it all on the dance floor, Quinny's. I just, I, I can't, I can't even believe it. It makes me feel nauseous. It really makes me feel so nauseous. I don't even know what I would do if this was my loved one. I, I honestly don't even know what I would do. The remains are determined to be my Trace Richardson, of course. So Sheriff's Department didn't take any pictures, but the Rangers did. And they gave those to the coroner. Because this is what you do. The public has never been granted access to those images, but this is what we know. Mitrice's right leg was two yards upslope from her body. Her femur had been entirely removed and was missing. The leg bones had no signs of being eaten by animals. Mitrice's skull was fully detached from her neck and upside down without the mandible sitting on her upper torso. Five of her neck bones were left at the scene and not brought back to the station. Mitrice's left arm was also flexed like she was saying the Pledge of Allegiance. And that's a mannerism that's not really possible to be created by the environment around her. So it would have had to be something that was deliberately done. And Forensic anthropologists have gone on to say specifically about that left arm flexion, that it's more likely that she was wrapped in something that caused her arm to fold over in that flex position. Mm -hmm. She then set into rigor mortis and she was left in that with her arm folded position. Also real quick, um, the hyoid bone was not taken with them. Okay. Mm -hmm which is like the bone you need to prove strangulation. Okay. 100%. It's the bone you need. So like just, and just the fact that bones are being left behind at all. And that the body all. is even taken Begin at all. I know it's horrible. Yeah. I know. But it's like, really it's horrible. really just, interesting. Oh, it's super convenient, right? Yeah. And yeah, super convenient. When her dad, when her dad talks about it, um, actually, I think it was the one, um, one of the YouTube videos I watched of him talking with a, uh, she was a reporter or something on a, on a beach. She was like on a beach with her and he's like literally smoking a cigar, like talking to her. It was like, we're in like a white suit. Like, I just love him so much. Like I can't, but he was talking about how it was her body, like her arm being like that Quinny, what you were talking about. Um, he was saying that it almost looked like her body had been like partially mummified or mm -hmm. something mm -hmm. like that. It almost looked as though she had been wrapped like tightly in something and that it had possibly disintegrated or like gone sure. away because it'd been a year. Yeah. Right. Out there in the heat like that. Yeah. Um, so the sheriff's office suggested that Mitrice died of a rattlesnake bite. And Sheriff Baca said in a subsequent press conference, quote, we have no indication of a homicide at this point. I don't believe that the remains are capable of telling us a story. 
Well, of course you don't because you fucked the whole thing up. Um, and I'm sorry. The remains of any victim always tells a story. Has anyone seen Bones? Has anyone seen Carly? Carly was going to get Bones in there. We know that she was going to get Bones in there. I was, obviously. No, but let's be real here. Like, seriously, it is something. What a terrible thing to say. So many things aren't clean. Like, it's such a dirty, dirty case through and through. It really is. From start to finish it's unbelievable just like amount of mishandling outrageous unbelievable outrageous. misfortune so let's go with that quinny's died of a snake bite right sure. why was she naked though <sighs> so only her jeans her belt and her bra were recovered from the scene So that means that if we're to believe that she died of a snake bite and she was laying there fully clothed, Mm -hmm. the animals only ate her underwear, her socks, her sneakers, and her two shirts, but then dragged her jeans and bra 50 feet down the canyon and hung her belt in vines 100 feet further than where the jeans, I'm sorry, than where the bra and jeans were found. Okay. First of all, first of all, first of all, first of all. There was no animal bite marks or anything on the clothes to begin with. So right off the bat, no go. Second of all, okay. In that documentary that I watched, the whole point that her arm is like this, right? And rigor mortis is set in. So you're telling me that they got an entire two shirts and a bra off of her body with the arm rigor mortis to her to her torso okay i mean you have to believe that it would become detached or something exactly like what there's no way there's no no, way it just makes no sense nope next thing the sheriff says is well it could have been water from the creek that you know mixed up where all of these items were but the creek would have to have risen 60 feet above the cur- above its normal level to even reach my trees. Okay. So that it it's in the coroner's report that this area can sometimes flood. Okay. But there's no freaking documentation of flooding at all. Nope. None. She's up here. The creek is down here. Also but the clothes are over there. No, dude. No. Oh my gosh, no. No. The water's not going to rip your pants off like that either. Like if you're never to be Lacey Peterson no. had her pants it's, on her yeah. on her like, on her no. severed torso. Also, yep. the fucking belt like randomly in the vines. That's I like know. somebody threw the belt. Yep. The belt has been thrown. Like that is a really Really, if that doesn't, and a year later you want to talk about, and the belt is still up in the bushes like that, that's why are these little things being ignored? Like, why it's just it's it's horrible. Oh, oh, you're never gonna find a shoe, you're never gonna find her vans, like, you're never gonna find like okay. And I do get and her underwear, like, no, and I do get that it does become. 
you know, we've seen it with some cases like um, with Casey Anthony, with with the baby, with because the body was disintegrated or whatever. You there. I understand that it is problematic when they once they've been out in the body has been out in the wild. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Like, yes, that is a real thing, but these are so many signs that are pointing in the complete opposite direction of any kind of real wild bite or anything like having just like there's no bites in the clothes there's no bites on the the leg bones things are randomly strewn why are animals going to eat one thing but not the other it just doesn't doesn't make make any fucking fucking sense at all and throughout all of this I mean, Latisse and Michael have fucking been oh. through hell and back. Okay. Yeah. They both suffer from depression, anxiety, extreme yep. grief, and they do not like each other still. And like, they, like they don't. And this is like, it's just, this is just horrible. This is a horrible situation. This is, they, they received a sentence like in all of this, like they are the ones who paid for this entire thing. Like they are still paying. Um, when they visited the site at dark Canyon, where my was found, Latisse found a fucking finger bone. Lay like the leaves, what? Just, leaves. just hanging out under some leaves. It wasn't even like buried. So they push and push and push for another independent autopsy. And finally in 2011 they get it and so of course they have to go out to Inglewood Cemetery and exhume the body and it's just a whole other like this is again this is just that this family has been put through hell and of course these autopsy results are not conclusive because again we have no idea how her remains were handled. We have, we, we have to take the cop's word for it. And in this entire story, the cop's word doesn't make any sense at all. So, so there's, there's just no, like, there's just no answers for them. In August of 2011, they did file a civil suit and they settled with the the sheriff's department for $900,000, alleging that they had covered up exactly what happened to my This is why I said it goes all the way to the top. Quinny's the current vice president of the United States, then attorney general Kamala Harris, declined to review the case and then recanted after pleas from Michael Richardson saying, please, please look into this case. And then in February of 2017, her office said there was no evidence of wrongdoing by the sheriff's department to warrant any type of charges. There is a huge push to get her case reopened, but as of today, it remains closed and it, just like Elisa Lam, is ruled an accidental death. Latisse continues to advocate for her daughter, obviously, but she also is a huge advocate of banning nighttime release entirely. She's, She's trying to push that through in California, which... Saying she says alone that alone would have saved my daughter's life one hundred percent without question. Queenies, what do you think happened to my Trace Richardson? <laughs> well, I think that the cops. I think those cops are involved. Those three cops. Absolutely. And I think that they fucked with her. Absolutely. I think that they one hundred percent fucked with her, 
And I think that they covered a lot of shit up. And it, the only, if you like, it only just continues to the bullshit that goes on with this case only continues every single day for them. Like, it's absolutely unbelievable because like now it's like one of the cops, they like ended up having him retire. I can't, I'm, I, I can't remember off the top of my head, which one of the three it was, but they ended up having him retire right after the case. Yeah. And he, and they ended up bringing him back and now he basically oversees like all of the decisions and their final calls. He was basically basically, promoted. Yep. So they basically like tried to cover it up, like make it look like they let him go. And then they went and brought him back and they just gave him a different title. And so he's still, he's still working for them to this day. And so, yeah, it's just like the corruption, the corrupt corruption continues. Like, it's just like, it's it's mind blowing. They definitely messed with her. They definitely took her out there. There's no way that she walked all of that way. and And they probably did some shit to her Yep, because she was absolutely beautiful and and totally vulnerable and having an episode and she already that night offered sex to get out of the situation she was in so right i will say this the fact that mr smith or whatever allegedly saw her in his backyard like we don't know that it was her no we we do not Right. right don't know we don't it is weird that he if he did see someone that it would have been a different black woman just hanging out in his backyard just chilling you know what i mean so like do we think that he's just that didn't happen at all or you know what i mean or it was somebody else like it is just so that is a very weird point to this whole thing like it's very strange Mm -hmm. but i'm telling you dude it's the it's the freaking cops man she is a, not a nature person. She's not going to go walking in the in the middle of the night. I'm like, oh, instead of me trying to figure out, even in a, even in her state, like even if her mental state was, you know, not her normal mental state, okay, she's still not going to be like, let's go out into the absolute deep brush of the woods and hang out with all the snakes and the spiders that I've always hated nope. every moment of my life. Nope. Like, no, yeah. it makes absolutely no in sense why she would darkness, be out there in the middle nope. of the night. And everybody has to be airlifted in there. She, yeah. can't, how the hell how did would she, she even get stop? in there? Exactly. Yep, it's really, really, it's not good. I spent it's a really right. long time trying to figure out what happened to her. I know. And yeah, and I like really want to solve it. I really, really want to solve it. I completely agree that because she's definitely sexually assaulted, one hundred percent. Because I think, and I think that it started from the very fucking beginning like those cops got there they saw her this beautiful girl that's having fucking issues Mm -hmm. major issues oh has a joint oh really beautiful one of them got a fucking hair up their ass and decided they wanted to have a little fun that fucking day okay seriously that's what i seriously feel like it's like that kind of sick ass shit i'm serious though like Vinny, what? One of those cops wanted to have a fucking field day. Okay. What, where did you get they got a hair up their ass? 
<laughs> I've never heard that in my life. Like a wild, like a wild hair, like you get a wild hair up your ass. That's I'm an not. old, old, it's an old, old <laughs> Southern saying, I reckon. Why are we not doing more about the fact that they moved the remains, man? Yeah. I, I, I am dumbfounded why, by and that. Why That's even not? And why are we like, not? Oh God, I just can't even. Take I need it. to know. I need to know. I need a. I need a study done. I need an internal <sighs> investigation done. First of all, into just that whole place because the broken exactly phone, the video, whatever. I need that. But I also need an investigation to be done about all the different times that remains have been found, and that when the police just took it upon themselves to move the damn yeah. remains and take them with them yeah. instead of letting the coroner do it like what yes and in exactly investigations like why are these these cops it is so blood boiling that law enforcement and our legal system is not treating law enforcement with the same laws as the rest of the world yeah. has to abide by that is not that's not okay and it's they it's just and it's happening over and over and over and over again there's there was a small case that I wanted us to cover the case is so cold and they have so little information that we couldn't even really do an episode on it it would be more of like a little short segment type mm -hmm. deal okay um and I can't it was so long ago that I researched it that I can barely remember right now but the basic gist of it is the guy was a black guy this like gorgeous black guy with dread, long dreads and he was smart and and something happened and this cop picks him up and he was basically the cop was the last person seen with this guy and he fucking disappears off the face of the earth we and the, they that do. is not a unique story beneath exactly. no and that's my point and it's like this is happening this happens where these law enforcement officers and these cops get away with this shit so much because of who they are brianna Taylor. Yep. That that yep. is a, a a very relevant example, Carly. It is. It is 100 percent And then you do, and then like you said, when then you do investigate and you do back stories on these cops and you find out all this corrupt, these these horrible things they've been doing to people for years. It's but it's like, like it's like what we talked about in the Brianna Taylor episode when Mike was on with us. Like mm -hmm. I think the bar is set very low to be in law enforcement. I yeah. don't think yeah. it's a fun job. I don't think that uh, that anyone is is lining up psyched to be a police officer once they find out what it really is and what it really entails. Mm -hmm. And I think they have a staffing problem. And I think they take people who maybe should not have access to the kind of authority that they're assigned. Mm -hmm. I, I honestly do. I really, and really do. Weapons as well. And the weapons. I, yeah. um, I truly believe that she was sexually assaulted that night. I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I honestly don't know this question. This case gives you more questions than answers for sure. I Absolutely. honestly don't know who did it or why they did it. 
I think it's more, I think it's more than likely that the police are involved because, because this is what I don't understand. This is the biggest sticking point for me. If you say that that is the last place that she was seen. And the only thing that you have to corroborate that is an eyewitness testimony from a retiree at six 30 in the morning who all, all he can tell you is it was a slim black woman with Afro hair. Okay. If that's all you've got and you decide to take that as fact to me, that is because you already needed that to be true. Yep. You needed a reason for her to be over there because you needed a place to leave her. Exactly. It reminds me of Sandra Bland, Benice. It reminds me of, she was another gorgeous black woman who was not having it with getting pulled over for no reason, Mm -hmm. who was over Mm -hmm. being treated that way and who quote unquote hung herself in a cell. Like I I just, no. no. No, it truth, truthfully, of course, we want to know what happened to Maitreese Richardson. Everybody does. Everybody would like to know what really happened that night. And her family deserves to know the circumstances of her death. But at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter because just the fact pattern of that night and what they did to her remains is completely and 100% unacceptable. Yeah, abhorrent. it's like, and it, yeah, it's like, just that it's alone. like no and vo- it's like null and void cut no. type shit too because it just it's automatically damaged yes. it's automatically Completely agree if this went to like, trial none of this may would qualify as any type of no. of actual evidence it's in a court of law i've been watching the jury selection for the george floyd trial i've been streaming it for the last two days mm-hmm. um and that is going to take place next week and I think that as we roll into that, we have to remember Maitrese and we have to remember the treatment of Black Americans with respect to law enforcement. There's a pattern. We, we are all aware of it. We yep. cannot forget about it. And, and, we cannot, and, we, and we cannot ignore it. And I think we can all agree, if there's anything we can agree on in this case, is that this never would have happened to a white woman. $900,000 is not enough, man. No, no absolutely enough. not. Nothing's enough because really like, nobody. Here, yeah, but nobody really enough. not enough. It's the same yeah. for, it's the same for Brianna too. Yeah. No money is enough for them to be no. okay. Okay. And um, I literally just this moment realized that my Teresa's name is Latisse and Michael's basically mixed together. Yeah. Okay. I just realized. Yeah. Oh, I know. And they just like, the only thing that they agree on is how much they loved her. Like yeah. she really, like she had a family around her. She was doing, she was make no mistake. She was finding herself for sure, but she was doing the damn thing. Mm-hmm. Yep. She, she was handling shit. She was making yep. it happen, you know? Um, yeah. So, you know, if you work in a restaurant, and okay. some, somebody has a joint there fall was... out of their pocket. Just, just be cool. Oh, and yet again, we can't test a rape kit. We can't test for the drugs. Like we can't, yeah, get any answers. We can't. Unlike Alyssa Lamb, we can't watch the footage of her because they won't release the fucking footage of her. Like oh. we can't. Oh. We can't scrutinize it. We like they. We can watch Sandra Bland oh. footage. We can watch Alyssa Lamb, but they they don't let you see my trace because yeah. again, because because they don't want you to see it. Oh, did you fix that broken payphone? Yeah, how's the now? fucking payphone doing the over there now? as well? Hey, douchebag. 
How's the fucking payphone working? And if you're one of our many Californian listeners, California has overtaken Texas in our largest group of listeners. Um, And most of them are in LA because it's kind of a podcast city. Um, So hello to our Los Angeles listeners. And if you're out there and you're listening, uh, follow Latisse Sutton and vote for banning nighttime release, just like with Breonna Taylor and banning no-knock warrants. We need something has to come out of this. Love you, Quinn. Love you, Quinnies. That was a good episode, Beanies. That was good. Enraging. And super enraging, Beanies.